Bonfire Babble. Welcome to Conowin's Corner. Exploring the stars with three modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. And I'm Conowin. Yay! We're here for a Corymus. Yes. <laughs> it's almost my birthday. Uh, it's almost your birthday. <laughs> Which means I'm so it's, excited. It's every day is your birthday, starting when this episode comes out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Well, hi. Hi. hi Are we ready to jump into this? I feel like oh. you guys just dropped the bomb with my 2024 <laughs> forecast, and I promised everyone I will be with you every step of the way. We will hold hands oh, thank you. <laughs> through this whole year. <laughs> hold my hand. January is giving us quite the kickoff. <laughs> Y'all goody. It sure is. Yeah. We had some fun and exciting conversation before starting this fabulous forecast, so I'm really excited to hear what this yes. month holds for us. Or this Don't worry, season, we held all say. the astrology for you guys listening, yeah. so yeah. No, no big secrets dropped <laughs> in that regard. Well, should we jump right in? Just sun moving into Aquarius, Let's... January 20th. Here we go. January 20th is a big day, folks. I mean, I'm guessing this is going to be right when this episode comes out. So here we are, January 20th, uh, 2024, 6.07 a.m. Pacific time, early, bright in the morning, early in the morning. We're going to have the sun moving into Aquarius. So let's talk about some of the good, some of the whole like ingress chart here. And then we'll get into also the other big, well, big small daddy as in tiny planet, tiny dwarf planet, but big influence Pluto also moving into Aquarius the exact same day, which I hinted at at the 24 and 20, which I hinted at at the 2024, as well as Capricorn season. We talked about this a little bit. So if we start with the ingress chart for the sun, uh, Aquarius has two rulers. So the first ruler being Saturn, this is the, uh, the, the first ruler being Saturn, this is the traditional ruler of Aquarius. The second ruler being Uranus, this is the modern ruler of Aquarius. So let's look at what they're doing because it gives us a good indication of how this season's going to roll along. So we've got Saturn over in Pisces. It's going to be sextile with Jupiter the whole season. I think this might be the best news about this season right here up front because Jupiter and Saturn in this gorgeous sextile with Taurus and Pisces energy is really lovely. It's very like fertile ground. So Lots of possibility for building firm foundations upon like, you know, far reaching belief and opportunity and optimism and Saturn's working like in a constructive manner to that, not in a destructive manner to that. So we have these two larger planets that are still kind of considered personal, but also generational planets working really collaboratively together. And Mars is also in a really nice aspect to Saturn at this time. So putting our actions and our energy into a more constructive place. So that is going to top off the season. But the other ruler, Uranus, which is our modern ruler, is currently moving retrograde still in Taurus and has been retrograde since last year in August. So uh, something to be note noting there with Uranus is that it's going backwards. However, it's really just moving super slowly in the sky. We're going to get to when it goes direct because it will go direct this season. And that will be 
quite a Uranian explosive moment, as it always tends to be, and I'll get into more details on that in a moment. So we have one ruler in a really great place, another ruler going back asswards. So that's where we're kind of starting. What I also love about this, though, is the moon has just entered Gemini on this day. It's going to be like at zero degrees Gemini, very, very top of Gemini once the sun moves. And here's what I love. This is adding a lot of lightness to what could potentially be a very like heavy filled day with Pluto also moving because that moon in Gemini, it's encouraging our hearts to remain open. It feels like a fresh start. This could be like really just a good reminder to stay curious about the future in a childlike way, like approaching it with an innocence and wondering what's going to happen and how could the possibility of this actually serve us and be something positive and progressive in the right direction. So I'm encouraged by this sort of positive heart part of the chart. <laughs> wow, that was a lot of rhymes. And also that being like in working relationship with that Saturn and Jupiter working together and with Mars in that really great place in Capricorn. So that moon in Gemini giving us a lot of optimism, getting, giving us a lot of flow and just like ready to just jump into this fresh new chapter. And I will say with this movement, uh, my early, early, early Aquarius people, you're going to be feeling this. You've probably already been feeling it because the sun and Pluto have been creeping up on your degrees now for a while, but also my early Leo folks. So those born at the end of July, you're definitely going to be feeling this shift as well as early Taurus and early Scorpio. You're going to all be feeling this. These are all my fixed signs as that sun and Pluto move into Aquarius. Now, something I wanted to just bring up, and I haven't heard a whole lot of people talking about this, but it's just something I've noticed with this month in particular and the start of all of this Pluto and Aquarius energy. So we have the moon in Gemini, and Gemini is really concerned with focusing on like polarities. So, you know, we talk a lot about like, uh, light and shadow with with witchcraft work. Um, you could look at it as like the traditional or the, you know, whether you think of it as traditional or antiquated views of what masculine feminine are, light and shadow, uh, you know, up and down, like literally in north, south, all of these different polarities, right? And also a focus on relationship and communication through relationships. So I think what's interesting is we have the moon in Gemini to start this season. And then later in the season, we're going to have Mars and Venus dancing with each other in tandem very closely closely, which is truly like our divine feminine, divine masculine, like talking in the sky together. So I think it's an interesting point that Pluto moves into this new era that we've been talking about a lot, and I'm going to go into in a moment. And already the polarities are being highlighted here. Relationship is being highlighted. And I want to encourage you, how can opposites provide insight? How can opposites provide a balancing act versus a conflict? Like how can we work with those energies creatively, collaboratively as we experience this new era and chapter together? And remembering to bring with it that innocence, that childlike openness that Gemini has and just an acceptance of we're all here, we're all together. Let's just observe. Let's just take data. Let's just, you know, it's just numbers. It's just communication. It doesn't need to get that like dragged down and serious. What is it we are all experiencing together. So I just wanted to highlight that because I think it's an it's an encouraging note as we start, but it also is going to be a very intimate thing I think each of us is going to deal with in our own way. Now I want to dive into Pluto and Aquarius a little bit deeper because I know most of the time I kind of talk about like, this is Pluto and Aquarius, but we've already talked about that. It's been a while. Any of you new listeners, I kind of want to bring you up to speed. And then also this is good review for any of you guys who've been listening every month. Um, I need the review. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> no, no problem. 
So review, Pluto moving into Aquarius. This is going to be on January 20th. So later the same day that the sun moves into Aquarius, it'll be at 4.56 p.m. Pacific time. So if we look at Aquarius energy, right, this is a karmic story because we're involving Pluto around dismantling of Aquarian themes. So Aquarian themes are like technology, anything futuristic, sci-fi, like anything in the future, but also looking at community, groups and organizations, friendships, prosperity, service. This can look like social media, so literally friendships from all around the globe and technology, uh, futuristic relationships, like, you know, what happens when we get robots or AI involved or that kind of thing. Looking at cryptoverses, metaverses, and as I said, AI, robots, think like sci-fi whether it's a horror or a dream world, that's kind of the realm that Aquarius rules over. And so with Pluto here, we are trying to dissolve and dismantle and deconstruct these things in order to build them stronger, better for the collective as a whole. And Aquarius is really concerned with us as a people, us as a humanity, as a collective versus a hierarchical structure, which is what Pluto has been dealing with over in Capricorn since 2008. So now we're taking the pyramid and we're flattening the level and we're going, okay, everyone's involved here, right? And Pluto is literally going to flatten so it can build back up again, rise from the ashes. That is the Plutonian theme. So I think there's a lot of ways that we can think about how, hmm, how could this go very wrong <laughs> with Aquarius themes? And I think we've already been hinted at because Pluto did touch into Aquarius last year from March to June. So we've seen some little like sneak peeks here, especially I think around the realms of AI. We've been wondering how is this going to happen? But I'm hoping we can also think about what can we gain from the disillusionment and dissolving of some of these themes, right? So how can we connect to the individual value and confidence of each other, of ourselves, focus on our generosity and spreading joy with each other? The, some way that you can kind of look to heal the sort of shadow side of Aquarius is by looking to the lighter side of its opposite sign, which is Leo. So bringing in, spreading joy, loyalty, a deep pride and connection for one's tribe, one's family, free to be yourself authentically and honestly, communicate authentically and honestly, uh, but also bringing in the high side of Aquarius. So this is a, val a value in humanitarian efforts and activism, helping out the underdog, the one who's ignored, the one who is, you know, bullied, right? Aquarius wants to help those people to help give them a voice. Uh, a unity consciousness, like sharing in what that idea really means and connecting with each other, not just in a physical manner or a communicative manner, but like a spiritual manner. And then a shared intelligence to propel society forward. What can we use these technologies for in a way that will actually transform us in a positive way forward? And I think all of us maybe have a different idea of what that could look like, but it's up to us to make what we want to happen, happen. So it's going to take work, right? Pluto requires hard work and gives us tests to do that work in order to strengthen us. So at the end of a very long road, because Pluto is going to be here for 20 years, folks, that that is the, hopefully the gift we're going to receive. And I think right now, because we're in between these two seasons, we're only beginning to understand the value that gift that Pluto gave us while it was in Capricorn since 2008. And I think as the year progresses, as well as next year progresses, we're going to see that gift, that lesson, that journey a little more clearly as it exits permanently. 
So be aware right now with Pluto moving here, especially at the start of the season of how you're engaging in your relationships, in your friendships, in your community, in your technology. Seek out new communities and tribes that you can free yourself from corruption of previous groups, previous relationships. Watch out for any ulterior motives from friends or communities that you're in currently. Embrace yourself with all your quirks, all your eccentricities <laughs> in the knowledge that we are all one and we feel all together. We all feel this in some way or another. We all kind of feel like a misunderstood underdog at times. So how can we unite in that spirit versus alienate and separate from each other? Aquarius is trying to bring us together. So just a little precursor to the Pluto and Aquarius and hopefully some positive ideas you can bring forward, but also some warning signs just to look out for and red flags, because this is going to be quite the ride, folks. And I'm with you. I'm on the ride with you. OK, <laughs> so I'm just telling you what I see. But this is what I'm seeing. And I'm just as interested in you are and trying to remain lighthearted and curious about it. I think that's I think the lighthearted and curious is absolutely the way to approach this because if not it's just all doom and gloom yeah or you can so come to the doom and gloom i shouldn't say it is all doom and gloom i love the spin you put on that oh, thank and you I, <laughs> I know i'm serious yeah i think it's bringing to light you know another side of this that it's very easy especially with pluto's inference to forget yeah because pluto really represents um it's it's like the danger or gloom or doom right that we can't really put a pin on mm -hmm. saturn is another malefic planet but it usually represents a very uh physical or very like what's the word i'm trying to think of tangible thing like enemy that we're looking at and going that's the bad guy that's the that's the boss that we don't like that's the person that's making life hell that's the the you know the system that's oppressing us right that's very saturnian to be very concrete that's the word i was looking for in that way where pluto is just kind of this oh god what could go wrong and then it's all the possibility <laughs> of that right and all the things i listed i think we can think of a number of things that could go wrong because frankly we've seen them in hollywood like we oh, yeah. we have all the stories of like like all the different ways that these apocalyptic scenarios could go in a futuristic sense, right? So, you know, while some of us might find a lot of creativity and joy in like exploring those post-apocalyptic scenarios, I think all of us kind of recognize that, that there's a grain of truth in all of these stories and it could truly turn out that way. And Pluto is reminding us of that in a very like scary way I think and it can feel very much doom I'm trying to myself like on a really honest level I'm trying to pull myself out of that as often as I can because as I deal with all the energies and writing everything that I'm seeing and interpreting down it's hard not to get trapped under that doom because you can just think of all the things that go wrong so the way that I'm combating that is there's a, a great book I cannot remember the name of it, it she's a Seattle author but it's about how to build community in apocalyptic times. Mm, great. And I am seeing so many people talk about, and we just talked about it, I know, because I edited it, uh, the fact that getting to know your neighbors, building that community that's right in front of you. And you said, Conowin, in the year long, you were talking about get 
yes, the internet is great and those online communities are wonderful, but you need to look at the people that are right in front of you. Yes. You need to look at the people that you're interacting with physically every day. So start building those communities so that when big systems start breaking down, you can share your vegetables and they can share their firewood and, and all of, and you just come together as a community because what I want to see is more writing and I'm trying to be that person, writing about how we want to see things, not the worst possible possibilities of how they could turn up. And those writers are out there. Those stories are starting to come to light. And Ursula Le Guin does it, but in a long, uh, the long game. <laughs> not the immediate game. But So I just want to say yes, Conowin, yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And I hope I hope all you out there can like take some solace and and understand that like I think all of us are feeling this on some level. Uh, Pluto's influence is very very great, is very generational, and so I think we're all interpreting this energy that's currently surrounding us in this way. So again, like Teta, what you said, like let's focus on what we want to build, what we actually want to rise from the ashes of whatever might lay in front of us, right? Like yeah. let's focus on how it's going to get better and how we can improve this for sure. Yeah. Cuz so, I think the ashes are here. Yeah, it, truly. And I think well, and like kind of what you said about the long game made me laugh because Pluto is is certainly a long game. I mean, 20 years yeah. is a very long time. So, it'll be interesting yeah. to see if at the end of 20 years I'm still talking about astrology, right? I don't know for a fact. I, I hope I am, but you know, like we'll right. see. <laughs> so, um it's it's just it's almost too big to really wrap your brain around in terms of that, especially when it comes to what it's dealing with, which is technology. When you look at the last 20 years, how much has changed, right? Oh my god. Right? <sighs> so, yeah. That's kind of what we're looking at. So this is to start off the season, folks. We have not gone past January 20th at this point. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we're gonna, no, it's good. I wanted to spend some time here because it's it's not only setting the tone for the season, but the whole year. You said that the moon moves into Gemini on the yes. 20th. Does that just come in at one degree Gemini and just like start? So the moon is going to move through signs pretty quickly, right? Okay. It moves through a sign every two and a half days. And so the moon will have just moved into Gemini when the sun moves into Aquarius, oh, okay, which great. is a really beautiful trine. Yeah, I love that energy together. Aquarius and Gemini is really, really brilliant and innovative. So I wanted to highlight that because I really see that. That's the ingress chart for the sun moving into Aquarius, which gives us a hint of how this season's going to really look. Um, and so the moon being there, I think, is a really good indicator of that fresh energy. Um, before we get into dates and all the things, may I ask a quick yeah. question about terminology? Please. Yes. What is the difference between an ingress chart and a progress chart? Oh, <laughs> that's a great question. Okay, so an ingress chart, I will, I will try to simplify this. An ingress chart is the chart that is cast at the moment that a planet moves into the next sign. So when the sun moves into zero degrees, zero minutes of Aquarius, that chart that is taken for that moment in time is the ingress chart because the sun has just ingressed into the sign of Aquarius. A progress chart is more related to the natal chart. So let me define natal real quick. Natal chart is the chart that is cast for the moment that you are born. So you are at the center of the universe and your relationship to all the planets in the world, in the universe, <laughs> excuse me, are uh, pl plotted out on that chart. And that is your birth natal chart. You hear birth chart, natal chart, all sorts of terms for it. The progress chart is as we age, right, our 
chart is going to progress or age with us. And we can actually take the chart aging with us by the days following our birth. This is where it gets really fun. So, um, so the day after you were born. So Corey, you were born on January 27th of 1988. So the next day on January 28th of 1988, that chart around the time that you were born, this is one year later, and that is your progressed chart for one year later, even though it's the next day. So you can look at an ephemeris, right? And the next day you're going to see the sun at the same place, but you're going to see the moon at a different place and Jupiter at a different place potentially, or uh, Mars and Venus and Mercury, right? And then the next day is going to be two years later. That's what the chart looks like. And the next day is three years later. So you can look at the days following your birth date, your actual birth date, and get an idea of what your progressive chart is going to look like over the course of your lifetime. So like those hundred days following your actual birth date are what your progress chart is, which is really wild. <laughs> um, and so that's- right now mm-hmm. I'm, f- so right now I'm 55 days into my progress chart. So if I look at 1969, I would be in 1969 by now, whatever that day is, that's where that's what your progress chart should look like. That's what right my now. progress chart. So, so would I read that progress chart rather than my? I would. So when it comes to which one do you read, your progress or your natal? Your natal is going to last with you the whole lifetime. Think of this as like oh, the it. synopsis, the summary of your book, right? But then if you oh, get wow. really detailed, you go into the chapter and that's your progress chart. <gasps> so you kind of want to balance both, right? Because I think that the natal chart really gives you the soul's journey through your lifetime. But if the natal chart isn't providing answers for you in a specific moment in time, if your progress chart is, it's why it's really important to look at like your progress moon because the moon is going to move quite a bit through your lifetime. Same thing with all the inner planets, right? It's important to look at that because in those moments, you have typically these very pivotal times in your life where where stuff is changing and really progressing forward. Um, but the whole point of it really is to give you a more nuanced look at where you are in this point in time versus where you were when you were born. And it's just interesting the way that it's calculated is by looking at the progress days past the actual birth date that you were. I hope that makes sense. Our progress moon conversation now makes a little bit more sense to me. Like it made sense, but now it makes even more sense. Fantastic. I love that. I would totally encourage any of you, if you're interested and you want to get a reading and know where to start, like find out where your progress moon is. That's a really easy thing to start off with. And now I want to make an appointment with you, Conowin, and go over that again. And may I just say, you are just making me fall in love with astrology over and over again and how I can apply this to my witchcraft. Just you talking, the way you talk it, it, about about it, like the books and the chapter. Anyway, it, it, we've totally derailed. Really, Conowin's giving us a class. I should rename this episode. <laughs> this was beautiful. Thank you for taking the time to do that. Thank you. Oh my wow. goodness, my pleasure. I hope it helps like anybody out there listening. I'm glad it's helping you both. And I'm really happy to hear that my analogies make sense. <laughs> Hopefully to most of you. Because <laughs> they, they're in my head, but you know, when they come out loud, it doesn't always go in the right order. And then, you know, but 
Mm. That's great. Yeah. So yeah, progressed moon is a really fantastic place to start if you're looking at looking at your progressed chart and where you are specifically in this moment in time. I know it for myself, it has been a huge uh, sigh of relief, quite frankly, knowing what chapter of life I'm in currently and that I can sort of rest in that and, and know. And I know for my friends in here in our recording studio today, we have a lot of exciting progressed moon things coming. So yes. <laughs> uh, so I definitely recommend going out and finding out where that is. Great time to do it as we're starting this whole era so should we jump back into Aquarius season yes Are we ready? thank you sorry no no please don't be sorry <laughs> I'm glad we talked about this this is great okay so uh following our sun and Pluto ingress into uh into Aquarius we're going to have Venus moving into Capricorn just a couple days later so Venus has been hanging out in party Sagittarius which we love but she gets a little bit more serious here she gets a little more concrete uh think like delayed gratification hard work towards a reward Venus is more interested in like the climbing up the mountain like the Capricorn goat to get to that reward and there's much more focus on manifesting a tangible rather than like just the dream like what's the dream what's the dream now it's like okay what are the steps to get to the dream right which i think is kind of a nice uh i guess transition out of okay here's what the new era looks like here we are now what are the step-by-steps we're going to take into this next place that we're in as a collective but immediately following Venus moving to Capricorn, we have quite the full moon. This is a full moon in Leo on January 25th. And this is going to be exact at 9.54 a.m. in the morning. It's at five degrees of Leo. So wherever five degrees Leo is in your chart, this is going to be where that full moon is. So I would take a look at wherever the house is that you have five degrees of Leo. I know I say this every time, but for any of the new listeners, check out where that house is in your chart, the number of the house, and look up what the house stands for. We're going to talk about it in terms of our charts in the recording studio today. Um, But that's a really great way to work with the moon's energy. If you're not quite sure, like if you want to do magic on the full moon, which I will say, this is a good full moon to do some magic on, certainly. Uh, That'll play into our magical days later on in the podcast. But a great day to do some magic. So if you're lost as to what you want to do some magic about, check out where this full moon actually sits in your personal natal chart. And it'll relate a little bit more. Plus, if you have planets at that five degrees of Leo or where the sun is in five degrees of Aquarius, even more of a reason to start working on this full moon, do some do some stuff. <laughs> or at least maybe reflect on it on some deeper, deeper level. What um, is the date that um, Venus goes into Capricorn? That's on the 23rd of January. Okay. So Venus goes Capricorn 23rd of January, two days later, January 25th is the full moon. Got it. So here's the thing with this full moon. It is squaring Jupiter. Wow. And then we have the moon. <laughs> it's because it's opposing the sun, right? The, the sun just touched to Pluto. So the moon's also going to be opposing Pluto. So that's a very, very deep full moon. And to me, this is really highlighting, okay, so how is our heart, the moon, standing in opposition or relationship to the Pluto era, the new, this new Aquarian era. So really, I think it's going to be looking at, okay, what is my heart feeling? And it's likely going to come up in the form of your relationships. You're going to have your relationships highlighting what your heart is like feeling about all of this. Or perhaps you see it playing out in somebody else's relationship and you're the one sort of reacting, reflecting on that. This is a big reflecting one, I think, in terms of, I mean, obviously every full moon is big for reflecting, but I think this this hits us in a particularly deep, intimate way. There's a 
bit of because of that square to Jupiter, I'm seeing a lot of potential for drama here, quite frankly. So guard yourself, right? Put up some boundaries if you need to. Um, but drama sort of around like the ideas of stubbornness. Uh, if we think about the fixed signs, Leo and like Taurus in particular, and also Scorpio, to be honest. So all the other fixed signs besides Aquarius, we're, we're working with like, what is the right to ownership? What is ownership of something physical of self of property of you know whatever you want to own right what what does that actually mean um and also like how the ego is involved in that um it's around ideas of pride if we think about like selfishness versus collaboration right so these are leo aquarius themes how are they in opposition to each other and reflected in our relationships uh possessiveness and jealousy can come up at this time so this moon is is really like highlighting these themes coming through us in form of relationship i think that's and actions so... taking on this oh go ahead. See, i think that's so funny because five degrees of leo is in my 10th house and yeah. so that's very funny to me that you're like it's all about like ownership and relationship and communication and blah. i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> and i was gonna touch on your 10th house full moon Corey, because yeah that's a big one for you <laughs> so i mean it's a it's in that 10th house and that 10th house is my mentor calls it uh my mentor is uh Meredith from Soul Navigation, she she calls it the house of Beethoven. It's like no less than the great legacy house of your charts. So like, wow, what a place to have a full moon illuminating, right? Um, that can mean a lot of things, but hopefully is a good thing because being in square to Jupiter, while it can be this sort of like drama or big feelings, right? It can also lead to a lot of door openings as well. Jupiter is ultimately an optimistic, benefic, joyful planet. So even with this, it can work out in a nice way. So something to be aware of also with this full moon is actions taken around this time may set the course for this positive opening journey that I was talking about with Jupiter. But again, being aware that Jupiter is going to make everything bigger. So big outbursts, big defensiveness, right? And I would encourage you to examine your own feelings before you jump to conclusions about how others are feeling about this, right? Instead of reacting immediately to it, try to pause, go inward and see, okay, like, how am I feeling? How is my moon? How is my heart being triggered by this? And really unpack that before we start pointing fingers at other people and what they're going through. And also, again, reminding us to stay curious, stay open. Like, you know, in, in these moments that relationships get really difficult because of life circumstances, how can we use curiosity and openness to, well, what is their situation? Like, what's, what's maybe happening for them right now? How can that assist us in navigating those more troublesome times. So Corey, as we've talked about, it is in your 10th Beethoven house, right? Of career and legacy. So stuff showing up in work, but can also show up in terms of illuminating whatever it is that like, you know, as much as the 10th house we associate with like our job, it's really more of our career, our legacy that we're trying to leave that bigger thing that we're trying to like leave a mark on the world with. That's, I want you to think of the bigger dream versus like the mundane day to day job. But sometimes those can look one and the same, right? And and however that's showing up in relationships. And Detta, for you, this is happening in your ninth house. So just next door. Um, so this is the house of travel, higher education. This can look like religion or law, like structures of religion, sort of think the bigger societal structure. And because of that, it's like going out and getting further knowledge, further study through travel, through experiencing the world, through the higher education. Um, really, I think of it also as like the, the house of mind expansion, like how wide can the mind go? So I think, you know, you might it'll be interesting to see how relationships in that sphere for you are maybe highlighting those themes or those themes are highlighting 
however that full moon's working for you. So yeah, just kind of be aware that those might be the themes you're working with. Cool. And for myself, it's happening in my fifth house and I don't want to talk about it. No, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I'm so kidding. No. My fifth house is fine. The fifth house is a fun house. It's, it's creativity. It's joy. It's kids. It's love affairs. It's romance. It's Hollywood, right? It's It'll just be interesting with it being quite so close to my son. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just putting myself on guard and hiding a little bit. It'll be good. So it'll be fine. I get my full moon bath, which my husband reminded me, and that's all I need. So now we get to arguably one of the most, if not the most shared with Dada's birthday, important day of the year, which is Corey's birthday on January 27th. Corey, you have a Uranus stationing direct to look forward to. Congratulations. <laughs> There's the eyebrows going way up high. <laughs> Help. <laughs> so Uranus stations direct everybody on. It's late in the evening for us in Pacific time on January 27th. It will be stationing direct at 19 degrees of Taurus. And remember, this is our season's planetary ruler. So it's a much bigger deal than even some other past seasons, right? So something to be aware of. Whenever Uranus stations direct, I have learned this the hard way. Uh, it It's usually a crazy couple days, right? Especially we just had a full moon, right? Leading up to this. In fact, the full moon energy is probably still lasting into this Uranus station. So Uranus energy is peaked. When we think about Uranus energy, this is tower card. This is sudden flashes. This can look like brilliance and innovation and inspiration. It can also look amputative, explosive, literal groundbreaking. It's an earth sign. So like thinking actual earthquakes. This can be a really fantastic groundbreaking thing. It can also be a devastating thing. It's just what to be aware of. This is the energy being presented here. And we still have the moon is kind of opposing Pluto at this time. So this could really be a shock and awe. This may happen anywhere from a few days before to a few days after. But this point here is when it's moving or rather not moving in the sky. Although we all know it's actually moving. It just looks like it's not. So how will Earth be affected? Not just Earth, but like literal Mother Earth, the ground beneath our feet. So what am I going to tell you to do? Please go outside and ground. <laughs> Put your feet on the ground, really, because like connecting with that Earth energy and, and like I think it's I know there's a ton of science around the magnetic field of Earth, but like connecting with that, that is so Uranian in and of its essence. So remembering that and to work with Earth energy, I think in a really uh, <laughs> meaningful and grounding way is really going to be important around this time. But Get ready for a crazy couple days, folks, because Uranus energy, Uranus direct is always a big time and keep an eye on the news and please protect yourself more than anything. Ironically, that day, uh, it's my birthday party. Nice. And I Please have, be careful. <laughs> I have, well, I have preemptively made the invite list quite small and have Wise. laid out the, the mandate, essentially, that the vibe is chill. Good. Like, we're chill. We are chilling out. Everybody calm the fuck down. <laughs> Hold that. Yes. I will also have just, like, the couple days before gotten off a plane, like, gotten back from a trip. So, like, the plan on my birthday is, like, hey, everybody, relax. Yeah. I think you should take everyone outside and put your feet on the ground. Probably <laughs> As will. a way of relaxing. <laughs> Depending on how fucking cold it is. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. That's very true out here. It's Lord. very cold out here, folks. My gosh. So don't freeze. Don't hurt yourself. 
Nobody hurt themselves, please. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy time. What I like about this time, though, is just immediately following this January 28th, 29th, we have it exact, but you're going to feel it earlier in the week. Uh, we're going to have Venus trining Jupiter. We're going to have Mars trining Uranus while it's going station direct. Uh, we're going to have all of this happening in Earth signs ruled by partly Venus because Taurus energy, right? So Uranus and Jupiter are sitting in Taurus ruled by Venus in good relationship to Venus. So lots of Venetian goddess-like fabulous manifesting relationships, happy joy, what we want. That's good vibes happening in harmony, in flow, right? At the same time as this Uranus station. Did you say Venus trining Jupiter? So, I went really fast. Yeah, it's Venus trine Jupiter. We're also going to have Mars trine Uranus. Oh, okay. So that's all great. Although Mars, at the same time, because it's a, you know trying to be a multitasker here. Mars is going to also be squaring the nodes. So here's what I look about like with this time. It's it's formative energy, right? Because there's so much Earth involved. Uh, Capricorn and Taurus are really involved here. Uh, but we have it moving in this really good harmonious flow, right? Together with these different planets talking. It's moving in a constructive, a building, a manifesting energy. But because Mars at the same time will be squaring the nodes, I think this is going to indicate sort of being caught between old and new patterns, whether of thinking, of behavior of, of the news, we're going to see old and new sort of talking to each other and actions will have fatal consequences around this time. That doesn't mean bad. It just means that whatever you choose to decide to do to act on will likely cause a ripple effect into the future that is going to happen in a big way, especially because Jupiter is involved with this as well. We always see big with Jupiter, big doors opening, right? Opportunistic uh, activity happening. So and also Mars likes to be in Capricorn. So when it's squaring the nodes in these cardinal signs, because the nodes are in Aries and in Libra, how is this cardinal square going to set off a new season? Because cardinal is always indicative of new seasons. So I really see this as like Uranus stationing, kind of whatever chaos ensues from that and us going, okay, like get ourselves together and how are we going to move forward? Here's the decision we're going to make and poof into the future we go. So a lot of opportunities here as this whole season starts. We haven't even reached February yet, folks, and like lots of places to really set forth the foundation that we're going on toward the future. So are we ready to move into February? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> so February. Uh, so to start off with in February, we're going to have Mercury moving into Aquarius, right? So here's the fun part now, everyone. Whenever a planet moves into a new sign now, because Pluto has moved into Aquarius, it's going to talk to Pluto. We've we're used to this energy. Pluto's been hanging out at the tail end of Capricorn for what seems like eons. So now it's newer, fresher, different type of vibe energy whenever a new planet moves in because it's going to talk to Pluto. And guess what? At the start of February, we're going to get all of our inner planets moving into the same sign as Pluto. So this chapter starts right away with a conjunction, no less. So really, truly starting a new season, new chapter, right? As Mercury hits Pluto, as Mars hits Pluto, and as Venus hits Pluto, they are starting these new like yearly cycles with Pluto specifically in Aquarius now. It's no longer in Capricorn. So these new relationships are going to feel big, feel intimate. They are our intimate planets. So they're going to affect you on a very personal level. So we start off with Mercury. That's going to mean that all of our mind, communication, our thought process, our methods of transportation, our technology, our use of technology to communicate, right? Uh, paying, atten paying attention to the news around this time. This is the new beginning of what Mercury and Pluto talking in this air sign is going to look like. So yes, it's starting this year's chapter because Mercury takes only about a year to get around, but wow. it's really starting a much bigger chapter because this is the first conjunction in a like 20 year cycle, right? So 
lots of beginnings and probably some endings you're going to see. Things coming to a close. I mean, I, I was looking at this going like, uh, this could be your car breaking down for the final time. You know, this could be your radio breaking down for the final time. Or your your technology, you get an upgrade finally after all this time. And it's like, whew, new season has approached, right? Because Mercury, right? But it can also be, like I said, it's our thought process. It's our mind. It's how we communicate. So maybe you're given a speaking opportunity that shifts everything. Maybe you decide to stop saying um so much. I'm right where they're with you, right? Like it, it can be as personal and intimate or as big and loud as, as you want and as the universe is going to deign for you. So please stay safe out there. First and foremost, I don't want anybody's cars coming to a halt. <laughs> but, you know, just be aware that that Pluto talking to Mercury February 4th specifically is, is going to feel like, okay, new chapter and there's a lot more coming. So we have that one starting off. Now, following this, I wanted to highlight the, this really quick before the new moon. February 7th and 8th, we're going to have the sun squaring Uranus. And I wanted to highlight this because Uranus is one of the rulers of the season. So the sun being ruled by Uranus is squaring Uranus, right? So it's worth noting for that reason and what kind of sudden events cause you to act around this time. Remembering square energy is action. So Uranian like suddenness and and flash and instantaneous change right and rebelliousness how does that force you to change or shift or move into a new direction uh, and I would probably say that around this time feeling rebellious is probably going to be a thing around I just I have a feeling because I mean that's nothing that I'm pulling out of some ancient wisdom other than yes we all know Aquarius and Uranus are rebellion energy and when it's in square like that we're like oh we don't want to do the thing that we're supposed to do we want to go do this other thing, right? So just be aware that those feelings might pop up around this time. So with that, then we have a new moon in Aquarius just a couple days later on February 9th. This is going to be at 20 degrees of Aquarius. So wherever that is in your chart at 2.59 p.m. Pacific time is when it will be exact at 20 degrees. Sun and moon meeting together at that 20 degree place in conjunction. That is what a new moon is. So the moon has has talked to Pluto in opposition, right? And now it's moved all the way around and is with the sun. So it just talked to Pluto because it's going to hit Pluto right before it hits the sun. And then it hits the sun. So now how is our heart feeling about all these different changes, right? We've had all the different transits happen just since the full moon. So what is your heart feeling around this time? And how are you going to take it? forward. So, and I really like, I don't want to get too into the analysis of this new moon because there's so much potentially that will have happened by this point that I think we're all, all of our hearts are going to need to like take a step back and be like, okay, <laughs> where am I? <laughs> What's going on? So that I really, I think I, I want everyone to focus on where your place is in that bigger collective. Go back to like earlier in the episode when we talked about those Pluto and Aquarius themes. How does your heart grapple with that at this point on on February 9th, right? That's that's going to be the big question. So for myself, this is happening in my 12th house. We love this. This is hidden enemies and hospitals and the unknown and like the entire universe. So like, cool. I'll be, I'll be, you know, thinking about all these things and more. <laughs> so for Corey, for you, this is happening opposite that 10th house. This is now over in the house of family. So an interesting, this is that 10th and 4th house dynamic for you throughout the course of Aquarius season and how those two interplay. So the new beginning, new chapter, new moon is happening for you in the 4th house. More of that intimate family, tradition, childhood, uh, karma, like all of that kind of exists in that 4th house. It's a much more intimate place for you. So, you know, your relationship was highlighted in that big outward legacy. Now you're bringing it back into the more 
intimate place for you for this new moon. And Detta, for you, this is happening in the third house. So same kind of thing with Corey, where hers is 10th and 4th, but yours is the ninth and the third house being highlighted in the season. So that third house, bringing it back a little bit more intimately, that new moon is going to be in the house of siblings, communication, your voice, like literal voice, but also like how you share your voice. Uh, this is, I said siblings and also like neighbors, short-term travel. This is where transportation also exists, like that kind of thing. So that new moon happening for you in that place, I would really be interested to see how technology specifically is affecting you in that region, just because wow. that's usually a heavy technology house. So okay. yeah. That's what we're looking at for you guys. Again, everyone listening, go out and listen to where your house is or find where your house is that 20 degrees of Aquarius is at and look up whatever that is to know where to start. May we see an ushering in of positive technology for Bredetta. So moat that shit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Moat that shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to steal a great line. Yes. <laughs> All right. So the new moon happened. We just had Mercury moving into Aquarius. Now we get our other two intimate planets. So first up is... Mars, boom, 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 right? Because <laughs> Mars, as it moves into Aquarius, it's going to touch Pluto. And I, I don't want to beat around the bush here. Mars, planet of war, planet of battle, planet of passion and energy and aggression, meeting up with Pluto, planet of death, destruction, renewal, transformation, right? So we think about these archetypes the energy I think is pretty clear as to, okay, like batten down the hatches a little bit, folks. <laughs> like it's going to be intense. Uh, what I like about this day is Venus is actually sextiling Neptune on the same day. So that gives me a little bit of hope. There's like a grain of like, okay, like connecting with a higher spirit, higher consciousness, uh, unconditional love, right? Um, hopefully it's not in response to something catastrophic. I don't want that to happen because when Mars and Pluto are working in tandem together collaboratively, it is true, like incredible force of power, right? Like that. And, and if we can think about that in a positive way, then like so mote that be, right? Like please. <laughs> but of course, we know the state of the world. We know things happening right now. It could look really, really intense. So I'm hoping to see that Venus sextile and Neptune bringing in that element of inspiration, of creativity, that tapping into something that higher consciousness, that unity consciousness we've talked about. And truly like Venus and Neptune together is like singing the song of unconditional love. So I hope that that can make an entrance during this intense time and lean into that, right? But like, when I think of Pluto meeting with Mars together in Aquarius, like this is what would you die fighting for, for a greater world, for a collective, right? What has to be overthrown in order to create this? And where are you personally meeting a resistance to that change? Whether it's in yourself, in your own day-to-day -day life, in your community, in your relationships, or in the greater world, right? What is that resistance that you're trying to fight against? Because Pluto is here to kind of dismantle it. So it's a good opportunity to do some shadow work and unpack that. Okay. <laughs> like, so, you know, if you want to just stay held up in your house that day, like, and, and work on yourself, so be it. And if you want to focus your attention outward and elsewhere, just pay attention to the news around this time. And remember, it's going to be intense. But this is a season. This is, and I don't even think I said the day for this. I am so sorry. This is February 12th. So here we go, Spacey Conowin. Uh, and this will be exact at 10.05 p.m. But the conjunction to Pluto is really going to be felt around this time. So especially that February 12th, but like February 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, I would definitely say this whole region is going to be a lot. So batten down the hatches, get ready. And yeah, 
Now, now let's move into the next intimate planet, which is Venus. So Venus is going to shortly follow up with Mars, and it's going to hit Pluto and Aquarius on February 16th at 8.05 in the morning Pacific time. So it, that conjunction to Pluto will really be felt February 16th, 17th. Uh, Venus moves a little bit faster, so it won't take as many days to sort of flush itself out. But this, when Venus and Pluto touch, this brings up a lot of really personal feelings. So Pluto rules over things like shame, like guilt. So Venus bringing up intimacy and low self-esteem, self-worth, addiction, self-sabotage, like all this stuff is going to come up, I think. And again, it might come up for you in your own way, or it might come up for others and you're finding yourself acting as a support. So again, shadow work around this time will serve you so well. Unpacking and just looking objectively at what these things are. Think about like Aquarius energy. Aquarius energy is the scientist, is the great experimenter. Like how would a scientist approach this data, right? I mean, yes, you can get like really in the feels of it, but can you glean any more information? Can you learn something from looking at this from a more objective standpoint during this time, right? What is keeping you from feeling free, from feeling authentic and truthful and expressive? Now is a time to break apart your shackles, free yourself, find your inner power. That is what Venus and Pluto are all about. And I did say that I was going to talk about this, but what I find so interesting, right? So we have Mars and then just a couple days later is Venus meeting up with Pluto. They are going to meet later this month in a conjunction. But when they move together, they move very much at the same pace. So as they're moving, Venus and Mars are really, really close together in this kind of like sexy tango, right? We have Mars, that like masculine, right? Traditionally, however you want to look at it, sort of masculine or outward yang energy, expansive energy. And then we have Venus being that like more feminine energy, um, ruling over divine feminine goddess, like, you know, so these two are in a dance together. And that's going to bring up for us all these questions, all these conversations around relationship in general, and how these two polarities are going to talk to each other. And I find it very interesting that the first thing they're doing when they reach Aquarius is talking to Pluto. So how are these relationships, polarities, and then also intimate places in our own life really dealing with this is the new chapter, folks. This is the new era. I think it's going to be very quickly evident how this is affecting each of us uh, as, as time goes on this month. So as it's bringing up all this, how are we interacting with these themes is just something I want everyone to keep in mind and remembering, thinking of it like a Gemini or like an Aquarius, step back, be objective, get curious, focus on the data, focus on what it's telling you and try not to get super defensive and prideful and stubborn and possessive, right? Like that's where we can fall into that trap. So and then with that, the sun moves into Pisces and the season's over. <laughs> and that'll be on February 18th at 8.13 p.m. What I will say, just as a little precursor to Pisces season, uh, when the planets all move into Pisces, they're going to be in a really nice placement in terms of relationship to Jupiter and uh, Uranus and Taurus. So we've had a lot of squares in Aquarius season. Now we're going to get the sextile, so more of a collaborative. So that will feel nice. Uh, but we will, because everyone's moving through Pisces at this point, we're going to have a lot of stelliums in the sky at the start of this year. So all these planets clump together, bringing similar energy, similar themes. So as they move through Pisces, they are going to touch on Mr. Malefic Saturn. They're going to touch on dreamy, spacey cadet <laughs> Neptune. And we also have an eclipse coming. Yes, that's right, folks. Eclipse season starts bright and early next season. So uh, wow. I have uh, some things I'm looking forward to with Pisces with all that collaborative, like harmonious water earth energy. But just to be aware, like, it's a crazy start to 2024. And I'm right there with you. I'm excited. I'm, maybe I shouldn't be, but I am. I'm excited. Let's bring it on. I think there's a lot of potentially really fantastic possibility that can come out of this, right? 
For as bad as it could look, it could look just as good, if not better. Before we close up, what are your magic days? Okay, good. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> so I have three <laughs> days for you guys. Uh, I'll touch do. on. I'll so this them. is this would be my third choice. Like, I don't know if this is an honorable mention or what. That full moon's honestly <laughs> a pretty great na- night to do some magic, uh, especially like under a full moon. Granted, it's probably going to be freezing if however north you are. So just be safe out there, right? Um, but I think there's some really good aspects to take advantage of when the moon is full. So wait until it's moved off of Pluto a bit. So late, late in the night on January 25th, early like January 26th, right? Um, When it's in Leo. I love a Leo moon. Leo moon is so generous and wonderful. Uh, The square to Jupiter, while it is a square, it can lead to some pretty great road openers. So that's kind of where I would focus your magic, like new opportunities kind of thing. Um, Illuminating those opportunities, right? Because we're in a full moon. So sort of manifesting like, okay, I've done this work. Let's open up a new door. And like, this is is now going to lead into my next chapter right uh, and then we have a Mercury and a Mars trining Uranus that day too. So that's leading to some great inspiration, some brilliant creativity, some fabulous communication with people and just like getting your mind blown in the best way, right? Uh, it can even be a day where you just decide I'm going to just like dive into the internet, something that I'm really passionate about or a good book and you'll learn something fantastic. And it's like, wow, look at that. Like, you know, so it, it doesn't have to be this monumentous thing, but it can be if you want to put the energy toward that. I think there's a lot of great possibility and potential for that full moon you said that mercury and mars are training who uranus on that night wow yeah so that's like kind of nice right we have gorgeous earth trine lots of manifesting tangible physical earth like uh energy on that day so i I think it's a good full moon to do some work if we want to bring it up to second place right we'll, we'll save the best for last so another night I was looking at was January 22nd. Saturn in Pisces will be trining the moon in Cancer. And Saturn will also be sextiling that Taurus-Jupiter. So we get that really nice interplay between the moon and Cancer and Jupiter and Taurus with Saturn. Mars in Capricorn will be septile Saturn, which is a very like alien, supernatural, fairy-like fabulous septiles are really magical they're like seven pointed stars like think all things in a matter of seven right so a lot of like cool communication with like other beings and celestial things happening you know potentially there uh, so I, I love the beautiful like water and earth energy at play here, um, examining how like your heart wants to rule that path ahead. Like what is it you following your heart, I think is a big part of this. But how can you follow your heart in an effort to find your authority, your ownership over yourself, um, over your body, over your your choices and your life communicating? Um, this can look like communicating with, like I said, all the celestial beings, but also like improving communication with your authority figures here. And again, connecting to those energies of water and earth. I think is a really good opportunity for that night of January 22nd. And then lastly, uh, this is late in the night on February 3rd. This was my favorite like evening. So February 3rd nighttime uh, into February 4th a little bit if you're a night owl like me. As the moon is moving from late Scorpio into Sagittarius, but I especially like it once it's moved into Sagittarius. This is sextiling all our personal planets sitting over in Aquarius at this point. And, and late Capricorn, right? And Pluto is also in the mix here. So in a good aspect to that, we also like that all of these planets and Pluto are acting in basically a sextile to Neptune. So Saturn and Jupiter are also in their sextile dance, right? For the whole month. So you're getting that. This is a gorgeous night for all kinds of magic. And I would say, especially for connect, like if you want to connect with like a deity or maybe it's an ancestor or like somebody in particular, to really think of like your big dreams. Like what is it like divine 
inspiration is bringing you to set your gaze on that future especially that sag moon wants to just like dream about a potential better place that we're all moving toward right um if it's in scorpio when you do your magic like focus more on that deep place of like of security you know thinking of scorpio themes like passion right like what it, what brings you passion and what gives you that kind of drive forward and that raw power right so setting your gaze on the future what magic do you want to bring in your life this is a fantastic time to do a vision board uh like what do you want to create and what do you want to build what do you want to form what do you want to manifest like that oh great night to do some work there so yeah <laughs> it's also one of my friend's birthdays so i was like sweet good <laughs> i have some good news for her <laughs> so happy birthday yeah happy birthday Nice. Yes. Happy birthday, Aquarians. We didn't say that at the top. Happy birthday, Aquarius. Oh, my Aquarians. goodness. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday Aquarians. Aquarians. I feel like we're like waving the little flag at the end. Yeah. <laughs> we made it. We did. I am so excited. Thank you for the magical days. They just like help us, I think, bring our witchcraft into astrology for those who are like, eh, astrology. We can go, oh, but witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, the hope. Yeah. 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 So it's really great. Conowin, thank you again so much. This has been brilliant. So I just want to mention also for any of you interested, uh, I'm, I'm starting to open up my availability for readings. I'm not sure at this point this will be public by the time this podcast goes out. But for any of you listening, obviously, I want to I want to meet you and talk to you. So if you email me at conowinmore at gmail.com, if you've emailed me in the past and I haven't got back to you, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but email me privately and I'll try to set up something with you on an individual basis. And then if my calendar is posted, I'll either let you know via email or you'll see it when you go to my website, conowinmore.com. Uh, I have very limited availability, pretty much just weekends uh, with running all the things in life. But I do want to open up for for some readings for people and start chatting charts and seeing how this year is going to go. So um, I'm just kind of on a personal basis right now. <sighs> Feel free to shoot me a message. We'll we'll figure something out and schedule something. And like I said, if you haven't heard from me, just ping me again, if you would. <laughs> it's been a She's while. She's amazing, you all. Yes. She is absolutely amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Book Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that <laughs> very much. Well, everyone, until next time. Be well. Act with intention. And don't forget, you are magic. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast. You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com. You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341, Seattle, Washington, 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.